Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to Livewire's Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm Ali Selby. And since the beginning of the year, the VIX or the volatility index has risen around 54%. As a result, fund managers have bolstered their portfolios with cash. That's according to the Bank of America, which recently found that cash allocation levels are at a 21 year high. So to find out what that means for markets, we're joined by Josh Clark from QVG Capital and David Mobley from Clear Life Capital. First up, I want to know what indicators you've been watching to get a sense of market sentiment. Um, I I think there's almost an endless list of indicators that you can look at. You can make it as complicated or as simple as you like. Um, Things like put call ratios or or, um, yield curve inversion or a bunch of other long complicated words. But I think the the easiest and probably the best one to look at is just overall market valuation because what that does is incorporate uh, everyone's everyone's views and effectively the sentiment of the entire market. Um, and so the best way to look at market valuation, I think, is the equity risk premium. So that's just the the uh, the investment return that investors demand over and above the risk-free rate. And just look at where that is relative to long-term uh, levels. So it actually looks like it's a bit lower than where long-term levels are. So investors are demanding a little bit less of a return than what they typically would or typically should. Um, so to me, it actually looks like on that indicator, investors should probably be a little bit more bearish than what they currently are. Oh, wow. Okay, over to you, David. What indicators yeah. have you been watching? What do they mean right now? What are they saying about markets? Yeah, I agree with Josh. There's a million things we can um, we can <laughs> look at and talk about. Um, some of the things we've been looking at, um, similar to what um, Josh was mentioning, suggest that maybe um, you know, sentiment is not quite as bad as what people uh, are thinking. And the VIX that you mentioned um, earlier is actually come back to about 25. So that doesn't suggest to us that there's a lot of um, concern in the market at right at this point. And some of the more retail element, uh, retail focused um, indicators like the greed and fear index on CNN um, sort of went from max fear or max panic type levels a month ago are actually back in greed territory right now. So we actually think that markets are not really uh, sentiment indicators are really not too bad. We've actually rebounded off September's lows. Is the market downturn over or is that just a dead cat bounce? Yeah, that's the key question at the moment. And unfortunately, we're only going to know in hindsight um, whether or not that was the bottom. Um, In our opinion, though, we're still quite cautious. Um, we've been having the debate um, around you know, price uh, versus earnings and at the moment, as Josh alluded to before, equity risk premiums are still quite low. You've seen D-rate in multiples in line with um, interest rates going higher, but the earnings levels in the market still look quite high to us. Okay, what do you think, Josh? Uh, I, you know, I'd love to disagree and say it's very easy to pick market direction, um, <laughs> but I, I equally uh, don't know. I, what I would say, though, is um, is that a lot of people reference, um, you know, a pivot or a V bottom or a recovery, uh, and I think that's because 
we look at the most recent drawdown, which was March 2020, that's all pretty fresh in people's minds, only a couple of years ago, um, really sharp drawdown and a really sharp recovery. And you remember what was happening at the time, it looked like you know, the world was ending, we we're moving into like a zombie apocalypse. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then governments came to the rescue, <clears throat> both on the central bank side and, um, uh, and the actual government in terms of fiscal and monetary stimulus and really turned things around. You don't really have that this time around. Um, uh, central banks are leaning in the opposite direction. They're really trying to kill the consumer and, and crush inflation um, by uh, raising rates and, and really um, dampen, dampen activity. So I, I don't think you can really call for a pivot or, or a recovery um, in that same aggressive uh, fashion. And then if you look at the way the market's behaving on a day-to-day -day basis, the days that are quite strong up days, you're seeing really high beta spivvy type stocks yeah. absolutely flying. Um, so that's, that's really um, reminiscent or potentially indicative of, of more of a bear market rally, I think. Well, I mentioned there in the intro that fund managers are holding a lot of cash at the moment. Boffer found that cash levels are sitting at an average of 6.3%. It's the highest since April 2001. From comments I've seen on Livewire, it sounds like you guys are holding a lot of cash too. What do you think that means for the market? Uh, well, firstly, I think we're hearing the same kind of anecdote. So, yeah, so I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, I'd probably just be a little bit cautious in terms of reading too much into it in terms of what it, what it can do for markets. Um, because you, you sort of end up almost a little bit at risk of um, falling into that, that fallacy by talking about uh, cash on the sidelines. Um, you, you know, for everyone who's been a seller and gone to cash, equally there's been a buyer and deployed capital uh, on the other side. It's like a soccer team. You don't um, sub someone off and end up with a bunch of subs on the, on the sideline. Um, so I, I'd be a bit cautious about using that as, as your only indicator. But what I would say is probably the the more fundamental, more active, more um, uh, market timing type investors are more the ones I think that have, that have gone to cash. Um, so they're probably gonna be the more active ones should markets recover. So I think if you see a sharpwood up move in markets, you're gonna see a lot of those same kinds of investors experiencing a bit of FOMO and looking to deploy that cash quickly. So I think it just talks to potentially the leverage around uh, a potential price move in markets. What do you think it means to markets? And are you holding a lot of cash? Yeah, I, um, I agree with Josh. I mean, um, interestingly though, the data we're looking at suggests that retail's actually been a net buyer in the market in the last six months. And while institutions as a whole, the survey you mentioned earlier talk incredibly bearish, when we look at some of the monthly reports, a lot of these guys are still fully invested, um, despite maybe positioning a little bit more defensively. So I think what it means um, from my perspective is that we are quite susceptible to bear market bounces because um, a lot of the fund managers are relative performance benchmarked and when um, they're defensive and the market rallies, they get a bit of FOMO as, as Josh highlighted and they want to chase it. So it means that sometimes those bounces can go on for a little bit longer than what we all think and they can be quite painful. And um, a lot of the work we're doing is making sure that the companies we want to look at on the long side have a rock solid earnings base and the growth drivers they've got are independent of the cycle and um, you know there's some there's some companies out there I think that um, people are hiding in for, as a defensive um, sort of ballast in their portfolio that might have a bit more cyclicality than what um, what they think. That's quite a great lead into my next question. I was going to ask you what you think the crowded trades are in the market and whether you're hiding within them or yep. whether you're avoiding them. Yeah so I think um, yeah expensive defensives are definitely a hiding spot at the moment and pretty crowded. Um, the other part of the market that has a lot of crowding, I think, is lithium. 
and you know the long-term outlook for lithium is very is incredibly strong but I think some of the valuations are probably more than capturing that um, so you know what does that mean I guess if you're going to play in that space uh, make sure you've got a quality asset um, because some of the valuations in some of the more questionable assets are probably going to get found out in the next um, few years. Do you feel like there's some areas of the market that are really crowded right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd certainly agree with um, uh, both of David's comments. Um, yeah, e expensive defensives um, is a pretty typical term to use for it. Uh, anything with earnings certainty. So there's a fair amount of earnings uncertainty in the market uh, and investors, I think, rightly are moving away from that. Um, so in the areas in the market that we spend a bit of time um, looking at, companies like IPH, um, uh, intellectual property services, very defensive business, um, insurance broking, uh, again, very, um, very defensive and predictable business. So companies like Ausbrokers or PSA Insurance uh, appear to be pretty well held for that, that same reason. Um, uh, NIB, private health insurance. Um, Tech One, a software business that sells into local government and, um, uh, and universities. Again, a very defensive business with good visibility um, uh, and, um, and defensive. So people are really taking on valuation risk um, to get rid of uh, earnings risk. So do you feel like investors should be investing in those kinds of stocks or I guess going the opposite route? Um, well, certainly we've moved the portfolio towards uh, earning certainty, but in terms of whether you want to be in a crowded trade or out of a, yeah. a crowded trade, um, that's a, that's, I, do, I just don't think you can apply a blanket rule to it. I think what you've got to do is really look at it on a stock by stock basis. Um, if, it's, if, it, if a trade's really crowded, you don't necessarily want to avoid it completely because there's something that's happening positively within that company that's attracting investors. Uh, and there's a good chance that you, that you want to be there. And the converse is true as well. So what I would look at um, uh, or pay attention to or the prism through which I'd, I'd think about it is just the leverage that it gives you to price moves. So if something's really well, uh, really well held or well looked at, typically there's a lot of positive expectation there. Um, positive news doesn't necessarily mean that the share price is going to respond to the same um, extent on the upside. Mm. Uh, and, and I guess the converse is true, something that's really well owned or well looked at. Uh, if that reports negative news, that can get absolutely punished because you've got a lot of people that you've just um, uh, disappointed. So that's actually um, uh, a good setup that we look for on the short side that can pay off handsomely in that scenario. Okay, last question for today. I want to know, is there a stock that you don't own currently, but you've been looking at recently? You want to have it in the portfolio? Yeah, uh, yeah one that comes to mind would be uh, ARB. So anyone who, uh, who knows anything about four-wheel drive accessories, they're the premium brand in the market. Um, they've been a really great Australian success story uh, in terms of growing, um, growing their brand here, but they've also taken that international. Um, so I think you've you've got almost half of the earnings of the business now overseas. They've won uh, OEMs like Toyota and Ford, big names. So I think that's indicative of more OEM wins to come uh, in the future. So there's a, lot, um, there's a lot of positive things happening within that business. I just don't know if you can hold it right now because uh, they've really been the beneficiary of just a consumer spending frenzy in the last couple of years. And it took them less than two years to double their earnings. Uh, throughout that period. So it looks like the business has maybe got a bit of over earnings in it at the moment. You'd be cautious that that comes out of the business and what the share price uh, does in response. And then their most recent trading update for the, the September quarter this calendar year showed that revenues were down around 10%. Uh, there's a lot of operating leverage in the business, so earnings will be down more than that. 
So I think you, you really want to just sit on the sidelines uh, while you watch those, those earnings normalise somewhat. Okay, over to you, David. Is there a stock that you don't currently own that you want in the portfolio eventually? Yeah, similar to Josh, um, it fits in that bucket of potentially over-earning um, through the COVID period. It's Fisher & Paykel Healthcare. Um, it's one of the best businesses in the market. Um, balance sheets, rock solid, management are really strong. Um, and it's a global leader in its space. Um, it's high flow oxygen therapy um, is basically close to a monopoly position and they're very underpenetrated. So we're talking single digit type penetration and the opportunity is huge for them. Um, unfortunately, similar to what Josh was saying, uh, COVID was um, a huge beneficiary to them. Um, a lot of their um, uh, machines were put out into the market to support hospitals over that COVID treatment period. And the industry at the moment is trying to digest some of that um, inventory. So. We've been doing a lot of work um, to, to firm up our view on what sort of core underlying demand is and having a look at that inventory and when it draws down. Um, but yeah, the stock looks good on a medium term value. We're just looking for a better entry point. Okay, well, that's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed that special of buy, hold, sell. If you did, why not give it a like? Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're adding so much great content every week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.